Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Today's episode of the Believe in Steelers show is brought to you by betonline.ag. We're into the Stanley Cup final. Basketball season is over. We're in the football offseason, and Ike, Major League Baseball is also in full swing. So if you want to place a bet on any of the sports action, I also forgot, this week's the NBA draft as well. Any of the sports action, betonline.ag is the place to do it. Hey, make sure y'all go to bet online for whatever sport. It's always open, 365, 24-7, seven days out of the week. And I'm getting into a new sport I'm starting to watch. What is BetOnline? BetOnline is sponsoring Bare Knuckles. You got to take it. It's very easy to get started. Use your mobile device or your computer to sign up and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE. That's B-L-E-A-V to get started. Bet online where the game starts. All right, cue the music. It's time to start the show. Welcome to the Believe in Steelers show on the Believe Network. I'm your host, Mark Bergen, joined as always by my guy, two-time Super Bowl champion and 12-year veteran of the Pittsburgh Steelers, the king of swag and you, number 24, Ike Taylor. IT, recording this tonight on a Tuesday night, head reschedule. I am very happy to see you. We have a loaded show. You're rocking the Onus Wagner shirt. How are you doing this evening, my man? Mark, I'm doing real good, man. Just chilling, happy to be back in the state of Florida. Ain't nothing like Orlando, man. Man, I do miss this state when I do travel, but, you know, Believe in Network is back on it. So here we go. Night episode. We have a loaded show, Ike. Deshaun Watson settles 20 of the 24 sexual misconduct cases against him. Chase Claypool says he's a top three receiver. Larry Ogunjobi is signing with the Steelers as well. But we begin Minka Fitzpatrick now the highest paid safety in NFL history. He's the NFL's highest paid safety. Ike, we tried to tell the listeners and the viewers that this was going to happen. We spoke it into existence. We manifested it. Well-earned for Minka Fitzpatrick. I'm very glad to see that Omar Khan and company got a deal done in advance of the 2022 season before Minka entered the final year of his deal with the Steelers. Y'all don't have to like what Mark and I be saying, but y'all got to respect that we said Mika Fitzpatrick will get paid at least three or four months ago. Y'all ain't have y'all don't have to like my show of Pittsburgh, my shirt of Pittsburgh Wagner, but you got to respect the fact it's one of the highest trading cards you can ever get. Basically, is what I'm saying. Stay tuned, pay attention to what Mark and I say on the Believe It Network, because all we spit is fire. I agree, Ike. And for the kids out there watching or listening, Onus Wagner, Google it. Most expensive trading card ever. So that's the shirt Ike's wearing on today's show. But Minka Fitzpatrick, we said this was going to happen. And I look at what the players say, Ike. When I see 
that Keyshawn Johnson says that he is worth every penny. He's seen it all in his NFL career as a receiver. But I'm very happy to see that this gets done because I, I know that Derwin James' contract is going to be up. James hasn't stayed on the field in the same way that Minka has. Bates, the safety over in Cincinnati, is going to get a big deal too. So I do anticipate, whether it's next year, the year after, three years from now, that someone will break Minka's deal. But you tell me this all the time about the Steelers organization too. Slow money is better than no money, meaning the four-year contract extension worth nearly $74 million dollars I would anticipate that Minka Fitzpatrick will see all of that money. And if he plays well for the next several years and gets back to that all-pro level, I would expect for the Steelers to sign him again once this deal is up after the four-year contract extension expires in the next several years. But I'm very excited that he will be in the black and gold for years to come. Yeah, Minka 25, Mark. 25 years old. Leads the league in the most picks in a couple of years. Been all pro a few times. Make plays when plays are needed. But the most important part, Mark, he's always available. So, yeah, you can talk about your Derwin James and you want to talk about the talent. The talent has no ceiling when you talk about James. Yeah, you can talk about Bates all the time. The talent has no ceiling. But we're talking about consistency. We're talking about making plays. We're talking about when offense can't score or offensive touchdown, who you going to call? It's not T.J. White, and T.J. White is the league's defensive MVP. It's Minka Fitzpatrick. And when you get a guy like Minka Fitzpatrick, and we had the head coach and Mike Tomlin on our show a month ago say he's seen this before, meaning I had these conversations with a Hall of Fame guy named Troy Palomalu. I'm having the same conversation with Minka Fitzpatrick. So, yeah, he's supposed to get paid the highest at his position because this is the most important part in the best factor. He's always there. He's never late. He's professional. He's a professional, and he always on time. So every time you're looking for a play, who you call? You call Minka. So all these guys' ceilings are high, and I get it all the time. But I didn't see this a lot. I didn't see a lot of guys with a lot of high ceilings, but they're never available. And what is Minka towards all of them? He's always available. Even though the Pittsburgh Steelers didn't draft him, we said this last year, he feels like and he looks like he needs to be a Steeler and it's proven year in and year out with Minka. And Ike, he was only involved in four turnovers in the 2021 season, but the reason for that, Ike, is because of the struggles of the front seven. He had 124 tackles last season. That's too many at the safety position, but it was because – when teams ran against the Steelers defense, they were getting to the second and third levels consistently because it was a struggle with the front seven, something I would expect it to be shored up. And then Minka can play that center field position that he is excellent at and can be more opportunistic, which is what we saw in 2019 and 2020 when he was an all pro. But since the Steelers got Minka Fitzpatrick, he made his Steelers debut week three of the 2019 season. First in total QBR, efficiency, and completion percentage, leading the league. So the impact that Minka has made on the back end for the Steelers when he can be opportunistic, when they're getting pressure on the opposing quarterback and they're getting a push on the front seven, he consistently makes plays. And sometimes it doesn't always show up on the stat sheet either, right? And here's what I mean. 
Remember the final week of last season against the Baltimore Ravens when you absolutely needed a stop. Who was it that made the play? It was Minka Fitzpatrick on a pass deflection. And that was the difference for the Steelers between making the playoffs and missing the playoffs. It's not going to show up as an interception on the stat sheet, but that's the kind of impact that you're talking about that he brings to the table at the safety position. Yeah, I've watched a few shows, Mark, and they say, you know, the NFL is trending more towards the offense. And right now the Pittsburgh Steelers are dead last when it comes down to cap, not cap space, but just paying guys on offense. But they mm-hmm. should be. Because mm-hmm. these guys on the offensive side, one, are still young. Two, they still have a lot to prove, to say. They need a new contract. And by the end of the day, we all know the L.A. Rams won the Super Bowl last year. If you watch some of the highlights on what Coach Sean McVay said on the sideline and who he kept saying repeatedly throughout the course of the game, Aaron Donald, we need to play. AD, we need to play. AD, we need to play. He wasn't saying Matthew Stafford. He wasn't saying Cooper Cup. He wasn't saying OBJ. So by the end of the day, defense wins championships. Offense can make it look cute and pretty, but you're only going to win Super Bowls if you have a defense to stop the opposing team. And that's exactly what happened. So by the end of the day, these shows can talk about whatever they want to talk about on the league is changing to an offensive setting. No, to win Super Bowls, you have to have a defense. Yeah, and I go back to a few years back when the Buccaneers and Tom Brady won it. I know Brady won Super Bowl MVP held the Chiefs to nine points and held the Chiefs' potent offense without a touchdown? What are we talking I was there. about, Ike? Ivan and I was there for that game. So, again, you can say what you want to say. When it comes down to the offensive side, if you play fantasy football, they can win you a championship all day. But when it comes down to the playoffs and winning these Super Bowls, you have to rely on the defense. One other point, too, with – I guess the lack of salary cap allocation on the offensive side of the ball. And I, we've talked about this too. Everyone on the Steelers offense is like 25 or younger. Improved. So, so why would they have a ton of money allocated to the offensive side of the ball when everyone is young? Everyone's yeah. Like, like yeah. And I, we, we don't need to list off all the players, but everyone is 25 and younger. You can look this Correct. up. Correct. It, 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 on the offensive side for Pittsburgh, it's really a gift because they still in their unproven years, they still got to show two to three of two to three years of consistency. So yeah, right now on the defensive side, that's where my strength is. So I have to pay where my strength is at right now. And fortunate enough for Pittsburgh, being known as a defensive team, you have to pay a Cam. You have to pay a TJ Watt. Now you had to pay a Minka. So that's what we're gonna go with in order for us to win games. Guess what I'm going to look towards? Guess what I'm going to lean towards? I'm going to lean to my defensive side. If I'm the Kansas City Chiefs, Mark, which is your home state, so say, I'm going to lean towards the offensive side because that's the strength of my team. So other than that, for the Pittsburgh Steelers, if I'm Omar and I'm sitting back and I'm the GM, I'm just taking my time on paying the guys on the offense. I'm with you, Ike. Steelers, one of five teams in the league with two defensive players making at least $18 million per year. Minka Fitzpatrick, TJ Watt. I'm excited to see what they can do this upcoming season for the Steelers. Ike, any final thoughts about Minka before going on to the next segment? 
Nah, Mink, I'm so glad you got paid your cheese. So glad you got paid your cheese, and you ain't even have to be a rat. <laughs> There's a Ninja Turtles joke somewhere in there, but I love it. I love it. I will say this too about Minka. Uh, the gratitude he expressed where he said, there is a countless, endless list of people that I could thank. Uh, the importance of expressing gratitude and appreciation spoke volumes to me, even just outside of football. I thought that was pretty cool during his opening remarks during the news conference to announce his contract extension. I, sure. Speaking of the contract extension, though, the Steelers now, if, you, if you're in Omar Khan's shoes, who are you extending next? There are several options. My pick might surprise you, but if you have to decide, hmm, who do we want to keep in the Steelers uniform for years to come? Who would that player be? Deontay Johnson. Okay. I got to pay Deontay Johnson, or I would like to pay Deontay Johnson because I've seen my offense when he's on the field and when he's not on the field. I've seen how electric he has been to this offense when the ball is in his hands. I've seen this before. So I'm not saying he's in Antonio Brown, but I'm saying he has Antonio Brown playmaking ability. Mm -hmm. I've seen Devontae Adams, who now is a Las Vegas Raider, lead the league in drops. And since then, he's got paid Buku money. I've seen Deontay Johnson lead the league in drops. And since then, so far, a year coming off those drops, he's been Mr. Consistent when it comes down to the wide receiver position for the Pittsburgh Steelers. So right now, in my mind, he's the next I will pay if I'm a GM for the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to pay Deontay Johnson because I feel like he's the most valuable guy on the offensive side to this day. That is a very good pick because he's due only about $3 million and coming off that Pro Bowl season in 2021 he is worth more than that. Now to say, is he worth as much as a Tyree kill? Some of the top, top elite talent, no. probably not, not quite there, but he's close. Now this is also integral that the Steelers young receivers, Chase Claypool, the two rookies, George Pickens, Calvin Austin, the third have good seasons because if the Steelers and Johnson can't reach an agreement, someone is going to pay Deontay Johnson beyond Correct. this season. And if he can replicate what he did a year ago, this upcoming season in a contract year, he's going to get paid. And I'm curious to see, I know he ended up showing up to OTAs, but could it be, almost a hold-in situation from what we saw with T.J. Watt if he wants to get his money now, or will he decide to play out the final year of his rookie deal, in which case the Steelers could say a year from now, hey, if we can't come to an agreement, we're going to put the franchise tag on you because he is so explosive and so important to the Steelers' offense. And he did a great job training with those tennis balls to Ike to improve his focus on catching passes, and that really seemed to work for him considering the year before in 2020, he did lead the NFL in drops, like you said. Now, having said all of this about Deontay and as important as he is to the Steelers offense, Ike, I'm going to go in a little bit of a different direction. Okay. And this is someone we talk about a lot during the regular season, but we don't really talk about a lot about during the offseason. Lock up Chris Boswell. He, you're talking about one of the most accurate kickers in all of football. He is, in my opinion, the best kicker in football other than 
other than Justin Tucker of the Baltimore Ravens. But Chris Boswell, 31 years old, and he has been absolutely reliable from 2019 through last season, 92.3% on his field goal kicks. Give him the money that he wants. He's one of the league's best. I'd like to see Chris Boswell in a Steelers uniform for years to come. Hey, Mark, I'm not going to disagree with you on that one. I think Bozzi, um, just out of everybody on that on that entire team, he has been Mr. Consistent. He's been uh, one of the guys or the guy who have kept the Pittsburgh Steelers in games just off of his leg. Yep. Bozzi, well, and the only person you can really compare him to is Tucker. I think Tucker kicked that, what, 63, 64-yard field goal against The, the record, whatever the record was, yes. Yeah, he kicked a 60-plus field goal. But other than a 60-plus field goal, who's been more consistent than Tucker? It's been Bozzi. So I kind of think, and you hit it on the head, we talk about him, but he don't get much of the national exposure. Yeah, pay Bozzi. And I think that's what the Pittsburgh Steelers would do first before they pay Deontay Johnson. Now Deontay Johnson have to look at this situation in two ways, Mark. He could tell he could tell his he could tell his uh his agent, look, I would like to get paid now. I know I'll be in the meteor tier when it comes down to my salary and my pay. Mm-hmm. So I'll settle for 10 to 12 a year, build my resume, and on my third contract, I would like to get paid mm-hmm. like a top tier receiver because I'm gonna bet on myself on me building my stats. That's what I think he should do. Now, that's on him. Maybe his agent might tell him, hey, look, wait, catch this franchise tag. You ball out You ball out this year. The Pittsburgh Steelers or somebody else might pay you in two years. But if I'm Deontay, I'm not leaving Pittsburgh. One, we have Mitchell Trubisky, and I think Mitchell Trubisky will start the season. I don't think there will be a rush for Kenny Pickett to be a quarterback. I think Pittsburgh will allow him to sit unless it's super close in training camp between Mitch and Kenny. But from a Deontay Johnson standpoint, if I'm Deontay, I'm going to go ahead and get my money right now. Now I'm going to ask the Pittsburgh Steelers or Deontay, if you listen to our show, go ahead and do what Dak Prescott did. Get all your money up front. Don't worry about the world. Don't worry about what the world is saying in your salary. Come back three or four years from now. Build your resume. Then you're going to hit the big, big bank. So that's what I would do if I'm Deontay Johnson. But getting back to Bozzi, I think Bozzi should be the number one priority, Mark. I agree with you on this one for the Pittsburgh Steelers. But I do think they will get the job done before the season before the season starts with Bozzi, before Deontay Johnson. Yeah, let's get them both, Ike. And with Deontay Johnson, one thing too, though, and let me play devil's advocate here. If he does decide to play out the final year of his rookie deal and he doesn't want to renegotiate in advance to his final year of his rookie deal coming up, maybe he sees, okay, what does Mitch Trubisky bring to the table? What does Kenny Pickett bring to the table at the quarterback position? Because it is going to be different now that Big Ben's not back there at the quarterback position, which we've had for the last 18 seasons in Pittsburgh. So see what they bring to the table from a quarterback position and maybe you have better chemistry with one quarterback than the other. That's honestly like Ike, we're going to talk a lot about the quarterback battle between now and week one of the 2022 season. But one of the things I'm going to be watching is what kind of rapport do the quarterbacks have with each respective receiver. And that's, that's different for every individual player. And that's honestly one of the biggest things that I'm going to be watching when the preseason starts here in August. Yeah, I think all of us will be watching, you know, seven. When I say seven, I'm talking about future Hall of Famer, 
Big Ben. Seven been under center for the Pittsburgh organization for a long time. You know, so it's going to be different watching those two, but there will be a battle between Kenny Pickett and Mitch Trubisky. I just think personally, Mitch Trubisky, uh, now that the grass is greener from him, not even from a franchise, but from a personnel standpoint, a wide receiver standpoint, offensive line standpoint, a running back tight end standpoint, and of course a defense a standpoint. Other than the first year he did play with a with a solid defense from with the Chicago Bears. I think mm-hmm. that was Khalil Mack first year as well coming from yep. Brady. But other other than that though, the grass is greener for Mitchell Trubisky. So time will tell I, I do think he has all the tools to make it happen. But um if it's close, I think Coach T pretty much said it. In, in a nutshell, if it's close, they just going to give it to the kid. And the kid, I mean, Kenny Pickett in, in training camp, if it's close between those two. But, yeah, man, I do agree with you, Mark, 100%. Go on, pay, pay uh, Bozzi, Chris Boswell. Chris Boswell is not going to hit you in the pocket as much as Deontay Johnson. Get him out of the way, and let's see if we can work something out with Deontay after we pay Chris. Before we get to Larry Ogunjobi, the last point I want to make about Boswell is you don't want to goof around – playing roulette with a kicker, Ike, because late in the season, when you absolutely need a field goal, like 50 and in, in all honesty, like you've got to be nearly automatic in this league. And you don't want to, you don't want to jeopardize that of someone who has been so reliable when you need him time and time and time again. And a lot of times we talk about how the weather gets colder in Pittsburgh on the open end of the stadium at Heinz field, when the wind blows, (laughs) And you have a kicker who's accustomed to that in Chris Boswell. To me, don't goof around with that at all. That's that's why I picked him to where it's just like he's the guy I want the Steelers to lock up for the next several years because he's been so consistent. Well, Mark, he's the closer. You know, it, it's just like baseball. You know, you 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 catch a few good closers in baseball, and, and you're like, dang, why is they paying this guy so much money? And he's only pitching maybe two max innings for a couple of games, mm-hmm. you know, every every three or four games because he's winning these ball games for us and he's closing the game out. That's Bozzi. Like, you're taking points. If you don't sign Bozzi, basically you're taking points off the board because over the course of a couple of years, that's exactly what he's been doing. He's been giving you points when your offense was so-so and okay and your defense wound up balling. So, yeah, I agree with you 100% about Bozzi. All right, Ike, the Steelers today signing Larry Ogunjobi to a one-year deal. Not sure how much this contract is worth yet, but Larry Ogunjobi now playing for his third AFC North team, and this is a player who was supposed to sign with Chicago Bears in the offseason. He could not pass a physical, and so he has also visited the New York Jets, but he initially had a three-year contract worth more than $40 million with the Bears, but because of his right foot injury in the playoffs for the Bengals last season, he didn't end up signing with the Bears, and now the Steelers end up getting him to help fill the void left by Stephon it. I love this signing, and Ike, you lent me your psychic abilities. This is something where we told you about weeks ago that Ogunjobi could be a possibility to the Steelers. I spoke it into an existence, Ike, but go back and listen to the tape it's out there. He's one of the names that we mentioned when we talked about when Stefan Tuitt retired, who could fill the void. We now know it's going to be Larry Ogunjobi. Yeah, so it was basically talking about two players. It was Ndamukong Sue or it was Ogunjobi. Them was the two we were talking about when it came down to filling the void with Stefan Tuitt. This is what I do like about Ogunjobi. He can play anyone on the line. And to play in the Pittsburgh still a defense, 
which they still run a 3-4, but I do think they're going more towards a 4-3 because that's just home for Coach Tomlin. He can play defense in or he can play defense tackle. And they did a one-year deal, and the one-year deal is let me see how that foot is. Now, since you've been shuffled, shuffled around the, AF, the AFC, we want to see for ourselves, and we need depth. You know, so you get a veteran guy on the one-year deal, a hope and wait and see. If he does ball out this year, I'm sure the Pittsburgh Steelers, if he wants to come back, he will resign with the Pittsburgh Steelers. But he might, you, you just never know. Mitchell Trubisky might put in a word or two for Ogan Joby on coming to the Pittsburgh Steelers. You know what I'm saying? So that's how I look at it. But we was looking for depth at that defensive line position, but not only depth, we was looking at depth for a guy who would play anywhere in that 3 4 and help out the Pittsburgh Steelers. And that's what Ogan Genovi can do for the Pittsburgh Steelers right now for this one year. Like, this is a very easy joke. This has just got to be an absolute doomsday for Mason Rudolph because here he goes into the offseason. The only Steelers quarterback on the roster are they end up signing Trubisky, then they end up drafting Kenny Pickett. And now they've got Larry Ogunjobi, who remember, was involved in that 2019 on-field brawl between Miles Garrett and Mason Rudolph when he was a member of the Browns, Larry Ogunjobi, I'm talking there. So I know there's some beef there, and I'm sure reporters are going to ask Rudolph and Ogunjobi about it. And honestly, it happened so long ago, I bet it's long-lost history. But it's an easy joke. I had to point that out there. But, man, what an offseason it's been for poor Mason Rudolph because now he's got a quarterback competition. And then you sign a player who was suspended as a result of his involvement with that on-field brawl two years ago. You know, they say pressure Bill Diamonds. So we've been talking about Kenny and Mitchell Drabisky. Yeah. You know, you just never know how Mason Rudolph might come out of this training camp. You know, so that's a good thing about competition, though, Mark. And for that quarterback position for a very long time, Pittsburgh really never had no competition. You know, the competition was who was going to back up Big Ben. That was the competition. So – Whoever, whoever wins this battle in training camp and doing the preseason for the Pittsburgh Steelers, they deserve that because you got Mitchell, you got Kenny, and you got Mason. Yeah, amen, Ike. And with Ogunjobi, too, I like his experience in the division and understanding what each of the different teams bring to the table. And it's like, once <laughs> his time is over in Pittsburgh, is he going to complete the full the full length and end up playing for the Ravens at this point because he's played for three of the teams in the division, Ike? But again, considering that the money he was due to make in Chicago, and I see that the Steelers get him for one year, we'll see what that figure ends up being. I'm sure it's going to be lower than what Chicago would have offered. You could be talking about a real steal for Pittsburgh here. So I'm I'm listen. Glass half full perspective. I absolutely love this signing for the Steelers in all honesty. And again, I wanted them to bring in someone, a veteran presence along that D line, considering that Stefan Tuitt retired. Don't want to put too much pressure on the rookie DeMarvin Leal out of Texas A&M. But now it's like whoever's, whoever the hot hand is, you can keep all of the front seven fresh, specifically along the interior. Joby, Cam Hayward, Leal, Tyson Alualu. You've got bodies now, Ike. And whoever's playing well, keep them out there on the field. If you need a breather, there's someone who's capable and demonstrated that he's capable, ready to come in too. And so, again, Alualu and, and Tuit, two players that the Steelers desperately, desperately missed last season. 
Yeah, he definitely want to build a wall. And with Ogunjanobi, uh, uh, you 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 want to have depth at that part, especially that D line, because the Pittsburgh Steelers. Let's let's just face the facts. They didn't do well in that rushing defense at all. Now, when it comes down to sacks, they sack kings. They will get sacks all day, <laughs> just as T.J. White and company. But when it comes down to stopping the run, there was there was almost dead last on stopping the run in the NFL, and that's something you don't want. So you get a stout and you get depth at that defensive line. There's two places you want depth at now in the NFL. You want depth at the D-line and you want depth at that secondary. You know, so that's what that's what I'm glad the Pittsburgh Steelers did. They wind up getting a young buck coming out of Texas A&M um, as a rookie. They wind up uh, signing Larry. Then after Larry, you wind up, you know, having Cam to it, retired to it, was a was a monster on the, the defense line. So that's just if if I'm a GM, that's that's the two spots where I'm looking towards. I'm looking for guys to get to the quarterback, which I have. I'm looking for depth to help stop the run. And I'm also looking for secondary guys, which they do have now. So, yeah, that's that's the two main. But, yeah, Pittsburgh, this was a need. The Pittsburgh Steelers needed to fill in the offseason, and they did exactly what they needed to do. Ike, I'm going to put this out there, too. I'm saying this right now. It's June 21st saying this. It's going to be a big year for Alex Highsmith. I expect I, – I honestly think he's going to be – he's going to play like at a Pro Bowl level because I think he's going to reap the benefit of the attention T.J. Watt garners, the attention – Cam Hayward garners. Ogan Joby is a reliable veteran now. Alua Lou's back. He's a reliable veteran. He's going to have some one-on-one scenarios. And almost what we saw how Bud Dupree reaped the benefit in his final two years in Pittsburgh. And again, I also think about uh, what's my guy who ended up getting traded to the Chiefs, uh, edge rusher for the Steelers. Yeah. Anyways, Steelers wound up trading him away. And I think that speaks volumes about the confidence that they right. had in Alex, Alex Highsmith. Correct. So I, I expect big, big things, almost like how I predicted a year ago that Deontay Johnson would be a pro bowler going into 2021. I'm going to put it out there. I think Alex Highsmith's going to be at that level to have a pro bowl season. Alex Highsmith, I'm, I'm manifesting it. Ike, putting it out there. I agree. All right. Ike. Um, one other thing too, Nadamakin Sue's still out there. I saw that the he's tweeted now that he'd like to continue playing. Raiders are a possibility. It doesn't look like he'll be back with the Buccaneers, but Nadamakin Sue out, still out on the open market too. Uh, I know he's you know on the other side of thirty at this point, but a team for the right price could still get a very very good and violent defensive lineman in Sue as well. So curious to see where he winds up. I was kind of hoping he would be. With the Steelers, but I like this deal with Ogan Joby. Curious to see what the figure is on Ogan Joby's deal as well. Yeah, I wouldn't. Don't don't be surprised if you see Sue with the LA Rams. Um, I think at this point, and what Sue has to understand, Sue got to understand his price might might be too high. Um, Sue have made a lot of money with the Detroit Lions, with the Miami Dolphins, and also with the Tampa Bay Bucks. So I don't think the money part is an issue. Um, I think Sue would 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 greatly benefit, and I think the L.A. Rams would benefit as well, Sue coming in and being alongside with Aaron Donald. Good luck to opposing quarterbacks. Ike, when this happens, we're pulling the clip. We're pulling the clip. Psychic Ike Taylor again. Like I can't believe I didn't think of this. I'm, I'm mad you beat me to the punch there, Ike. Yeah, now you feel how I feel sometimes. I, I get some right every now and then too. I'm not psychic Ike Taylor though. Okay, Ike. 
Chase Claypool is claiming that he is a top three receiver in the NFL or that he's capable of being a top three receiver in the NFL. I'm going to go, I'm going to zag here. I like that. He's not lacking confidence. This was the same guy who tied a Steelers rookie record with 11 total touchdowns in 2020. And his numbers were very similar in year two as they were in year one. The difference being is he didn't score as frequently. Now I know with Chase Claypool, the clock management was an issue when late in a game, I believe it was against Minnesota where he's celebrating and it's like, no man, you need to get to the line of scrimmage and every second is valuable. What are you doing celebrating? That's all between the ears, but from the neck down, Ike, we're talking about a, a receiver who had like the same combine measurables as Calvin Johnson. And honestly, like if you watched his full interview, uh, Chase Claypool, I'm talking here on the I Am Athlete podcast, I, I was very impressed with everything. Now the headline's going to be, oh, he's a top three receiver. He's out of his skull. But what would you want him to say? No, I'm, I, you know, I'm lacking confidence, or I can't get there. So, like, in all honesty, is it higher than what reality is? Yeah, absolutely. But in year three, I expect him to continue to progress, and at least physically, what he can bring to the table, it's all right here between the ears for Chase Claypool. So, if he develops a rapport with whoever the new quarterback is for the Steelers, yeah, I do expect him to have an a thousand yard season. I expect that out of him as a second round pick and what we saw from him as a rookie, like you're talking about when he plays at the best of his ability. Remember he had that game as rookie. We had four touchdowns in a game, Mike. So again, it's, it's a little bit crazy, but I'd rather have him be overly confident than lacking confidence. It's, it's not his, it's not the talent that he don't have. It's the maturity level for chase. So what Chase have to do going into year three is understanding now he won't have a mishaps like he had in the Minnesota game. But not only that, the maturity level, the maturity level is the accountability. It's the, you know what, I was wrong on acting like that in the last couple of seconds. It's owning up. It's submitting. It's, it's not going on a Monday and was like, well, you know, Man, my offensive line tried to snatch the ball out of my hand. But damn, I wonder why the offensive line lineman tried to snatch the ball out your hand. We only had a couple of seconds, and you was using them a couple of seconds to to celebrate a first down that we didn't get. So that's exactly why. Now, when it comes down to the talent and having a high ceiling, that's Chase all day. I personally do believe Chase Claypool is a top three when it comes down to talent in the NFL. I think his measurables are unbelievable. But for me, it's just the maturity part. You know, when you look at it, Deontay Johnson, and he's much more mature. He's going into the same situation as Chase. When you look at a Justin Jefferson, uh, he's way more mature than a Chase at this point in time. When you look at a Chase, uh, when you look at a Chase, uh, Chase with the Cincinnati Bengals, I'm drawing a blank. Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase. When you look at Jamar Chase coming in as a rookie, the maturity level. So that's what you look at when you look at it from a GM perspective or when you're looking at it from a coach perspective. We can't have, we can't have, we can, but we don't like these immature heat in the moment acts from you. When you're seeing a, 
a Jamar Chase as a rookie coming to the league up. When you see the Justin Jefferson, understand how valuable time is when it comes down to making these plays. That's all they say. Now, talent-wise, talent like a Justin Jefferson, talent like a Jamar Chase, he has that kind of talent. But like you say, it's up here. It's it's in between the in between the ears, or like Coach T like to say, from the neck up. He has to get more mature than that, and I think his third year he will be. Yeah, another player where it's like if he plays up to his ability, Pro Bowl. I mean, Ike, in all honesty, like that should be that should be what he aspires to do this season. And like again, we've seen flashes of it. Now I will say this too. When you have a quarterback that's going to be able to extend plays with his legs, I'm curious to see how that develops the downfield passing game because he was able to generate pass interference penalties, which like that doesn't go to his receiving total, but he can be an absolute bully in a jump ball situation, Ike. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm not – with his talent, I won't disagree with nothing you're talking about with his talent. It's just the maturity part. And what Chase understand is – when you have a young Justin Jefferson, when you have a Jamar Chase, when you have those guys who gets it coming from college to the rookie year ASAP, and you wonder why these guys getting paid these big bucks ASAP, it's because it's small moments like that. And they hold themselves accountable when it comes down to post-game interviews. Like, hey, Justin, hey, Jamar, what happened on this play? You know what? I should have caught that pass. Or you know what? I should have gave the ball to the referee and not celebrated. Those guys admit to their mess-ups. That's what Chase have to start to have to do or have to work on as he progressed in the league. No, Ike, you're right about that, too. Because remember before the start of the season, the two headlines with Jamar Chase out of Cincinnati was, okay, did they make a mistake drafting Jamar Chase instead of Panay Sewell? But remember in the preseason as well, there was that storyline. I'm talking about uh, about a year ago when the Bengals were like, he might have problems catching the football. This was before the start of the season. It's like, well, clearly that wasn't an issue. But you're exactly right about it in terms of taking accountability because that was a storyline about Jamar Chase. You could go back and look up the headlines before the start of the 2021 season. That was a storyline in Cincinnati with Jamar Chase. Well, the media said that with Jamar Chase. His teammates. Yes. You know what I'm saying? His teammates said nothing about that. And that's the the first thing when Jamar, I think, went for 150 plus. That's the first thing, you know, uh, cool Joey, cool Joe Burrow said was, I thought he couldn't catch. And basically, (laughs) so they're reading and they're hearing everything we say when it comes down to the media quality. That was never the issue. Like, I've been catching the ball, you know, for for years. Just look at the just look at the LSU highlights. Look what I did in these bowl games. So y'all think all of a sudden I can't catch the ball? So that's what it was. Now, coming off a year, because people forgot, he sat a year off with LSU. I'm sure he just had to get back in the groove. <laughs> but we all saw once Jamar Chase get back in the groove, he damn near led the team to the Super Bowl with a win. Yeah, and I going back to Chase Claypool, though, too, and this isn't going to generate headlines, but if you go back and watch the full podcast interview, he admitted where it's like, look, people are going to make a big deal about the TikToks, but he said, and I'm paraphrasing here, that the on-field play is a lot more important than his social media branding, but athletes do need to do that at this point for what it is that they want to do off the field for their branding and then whatever it is that they aspire to do 
once their football careers are over. But he even said this too, and it's at the very start of the interview that, look, the on-field play is by far the most important thing. So it's it's good to hear that he seems to at least get it. And again, a lot of people are going to take the one snippet of, oh, he claims he's a top three receiver and, you know, he's out of his skull. But, you know, I hear that and it's like, okay, hopefully he is progressing from, you know, what we saw a year ago in that Minnesota game, which again, they ended up losing, but they needed every second on the clock. And it's like, just understand the down distance in the situation of that football game and what it is that you need to do to be able to help your team win. No, I mean, we, as, as, as young men in the NFL, we all fall short sometimes on mishaps. And that's exactly what Chase Claypool did. Um, as long as it doesn't happen again, but what, mm-hmm. what now since receivers are getting paid, since the Cooper Cups, since the Tyreek Hills, and you just ask yourself why I'm not getting paid or why they're not talking about me, like how they're talking about a Cooper Cup or a Tyreek Hill. One, don't nobody have the speed like a cheetah. One. Two, Cooper Cup doesn't have a catch the ball until the fourth quarter. He's not going to whine. He's not going to complain. He's not going to go on the sideline and catch a temper tantrum. So usually receivers like to get in a groove. They like to feel they like to touch the ball. And when you watch the Super Bowl before OBJ got hurt, they was getting OBJ in the groove, not Cooper Cup. But in the second half, in the last fourth quarter, in the fourth quarter, last quarter, who they was going to? They was going to Cooper Cup. So that's what makes you valuable. Even though I'm not feeding you the ball, you become, and if anybody watched anything about basketball, just look at Robert Horry. Robert Horry is one of the most clutch three-point closers in the history of the NBA. He came off the bench, and when they needed about four or five threes, he'll come in straight off the bench, and he'll close the team out. That's a Cooper Cup kind of guy. So when you see these guys getting paid this money, Chase Chase Claypool saying it. Coach T ain't got to say too much. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So if you think you're a top three, and I definitely do think with his talent, Mark, he's a top three. It's just the consistency he need to have for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Shout out to Big Shot Bob, and that's Robert Horry you're talking about, Ike. It's more of a Derek Fisher guy myself as a little man, but both absolutely <laughs> clutch shooters when it counted in the NBA. I like that comparison, Ike. No, I think Robert have over six NBA rings, but I think Robert have seven, seven championships. Robert Horry we're talking about. Yeah, I mean, one of the NBA's all-time clutch shooters, seven NBA championships there, right? And thanks to the research department of the Believe in Steelers show. A few other topics we need to get to. News today that Deshaun Watson has settled 20 out of the 24 sexual misconduct cases about him, Ike. And Ike, like we said on our last show, this is the reason why the NFL is holding off on making a decision because they want to see how all of this ends up playing out. So, Again, the two grand juries in Texas have declined to pursue criminal charges against Watson, but the NFL conducting its own investigation, whether he violated the code of conduct and the league interviewed the quarterback as well. So we don't have quite a a decision from the NFL yet, but again, wait to see how this plays out before 
we're going to definitively say one thing or another. Watson is going to face a suspension of some sort. I can guarantee you that. I, I personally still think it's going to be closer to a year. But mm-hmm. again, we'll end up seeing what ends up happening with all of this too. Now that 20 out of the 24 cases are settled. Yeah. For, for, for Deshaun, Mark, with these settlements, he just wants this to go away because yeah. this is going to be a dark cloud. The, long, the longer he tagged this along, the cloud just going to sit over his head. So 20 out of 24, I'm just sure he's trying to settle with these, with these other four settlements and get, this, and get it over with. And then the NFL, they're going to wait and see if any other thing come back up. That's exactly what they're going to do. It's going to be a wait-and-see kind of moment. So but what I was saying on our last show about Deshaun, the NFL work a little different. You know, they're on their own time. Do I think he will get suspended? Yeah, he's definitely going to get suspended. It's just on how long. You think a year? I don't think you're wrong. I'm thinking eight to ten games. I think he's going to appeal it, and he'll come back midseason. But I think with the NFL, they're going to do their own investigation. They're going to make sure all these settlements are done and wait and see if anything else pops back up. Yeah, things that we don't know with this, we don't know – what the figure was for the settlements for each of the women. And then one other thing of note that really caught my attention was of, so initially there were 25, one name was dropped when a judge ruled that one of the women's petition uh, had to be amended with her name. Um, So uh, the attorney Busby, I believe it's Jay Busby noted that Ashley Solis, the first woman to file a lawsuit against Watson and the first to speak publicly about it and identify herself as a plaintiff was not one of the 20 to settle today. So I thought that was noteworthy too. So again, we're going to see like, look, I I don't, when things are fluid, I don't want to say definitively one way or another, this is how it's going to shake out. We'll see what ends up happening with the remaining four civil lawsuits still out there with Watson and we'll continue to talk about this here on the show, Ike, too, because the Browns and the Steelers division, uh, a team that the the Steelers are going to have to play twice this season. So um, we'll see what ends up happening, too, and then how that affects the on-field play. Again, and I need to say this, too, just so this isn't taken out of context. That's not to underscore the seriousness of the allegations against Watson as well. So just putting out all of the facts there. Uh, Tony Busby is the name of the attorney as well. I uh, just want to correct that, too, for the record, too, Ike. No, Deshaun, as a player in Deshaun's mind, he just wanted this, he wanted this dark cloud to, 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 to go, to clear. And the only way it's going to clear if he settled. That's, that's just how it's going to go. Now, it's on the NFL hands on exactly what they want to do with Deshaun Watson. So they're going to take their time as well. You know, that's why they're going to suspend them. They're going to suspend them and see, and it's going to be a waiting game to see if anything else pops up. Um, You're thinking a year. I'm not going to argue with the year because they can go from the year and they can do some more investigation, and they they might say, hey, man, you can come back in week 12. You just never know. So, yeah, in Deshaun's mind, um, he wants this thing to clear. And I'm sure the women, they want this to clear as well. Yeah, and I one quick note to wrap this up, to put a bow on this as well. Um, 
you mentioned settlement. The reason for that is if this does go to trial, and again, it's a civil suit, not a criminal suit, but if it does end up going to trial, that will not happen until 2023. So Correct. that would happen after the 2022 season. And again, if it does end up going to trial with the civil case, the burden of proof is much less than that it would be if it were a criminal case as well. So just want to throw that out there, make sure our listeners and viewers are informed about the situation regarding Deshaun Watson. Ike, as we wrap up here, two final thoughts. I saw Rob Gronkowski is retiring. The greatest tight end of all time, Ike, in my opinion. There's a lot, been a lot of other greats. You know, Kellen Winslow and Tony Gonzalez, and we love Heath Miller in Pittsburgh. But in my opinion, Gronkowski is the greatest to do it at the tight end position. Wanted to see if you had any personal experiences with Gronk, because I do have one story. Sasquatch. <laughs> I don't know if anybody ever saw Sasquatch, but I've seen him a few times. His name is Rob Gronkowski. That's exactly what his name was. So um, they always have been an in-the-woods kind of sighting. And if you can just look up Sasquatch, they say he's about uh, Rob Gronkowski height size, weight, and speed, <laughs> I've tried to hit this man a few times. And what I did was I started around his waist and I slid to around his, the bottom of his shoestring. That's how big and strong Sasquatch is. And I held on for their life. <laughs> That's exactly what I did. But the Hall of Fame, Rob Gronkowski, he did a hard 11 years. And when I say a hard 11 years was when we first got into the league, um, the game, the rules were slowly changing into helping the, the f- defenseless defenseless guys getting hit in the head from us at the time to going below the, going below the knees. And Rob made that transition. That's exactly what he did. He was one of the only few who did both. And what I mean by both was he was able to, to hold his point from the run blocking and he was able to come out and make plays receiving. And if you watch... Tom Brady at his highest peak at his good moments when it came down to clutch time and he was looking for a particular guy, it was Rob, you know, he got Rob out of retirement the first time, obviously Rob retired uh, his second time. I don't think Tom could have got him out on this one. I think he's having too much fun right now, but he paid his dues. He did everything. But when you talk about Rob, the first thing people haven't seen Rob in person, he looks, and I've never seen Sasquatch, but I think Rob Gronkowski is Sasquatch to the T. I love that, Ike. I absolutely love that. Um, <laughs> you made me laugh to where I forget what I'm even going to say. I, I honestly didn't believe this news today until I saw Tom Brady tweeted about it. And it's like, okay, Gronk is going to retire up until Brady and the Bucks need him late in the season. So we'll see. But I will say this. I had uh, a good buddy of mine. His older brother played college football with Rob Gronkowski at the University of Arizona. And I'm going to tell the story because, honestly, we'll tag Gronk and see if the story is true. But when Gronk was at the University of Arizona – he, I guess he had a rib injury of some sort that came from a house party to where Gronk and his boys decide that they're going to set up the slip and slide, Ike. And at this party, they said, hey, we're going to do the slip and slide. And, you know, Gronk seems like the type of guy where if he's going to do something, he's going to jump oh, with both feet in. 
So I guess he goes on the slip and slide, ends up injuring his ribs. I guess he cracked a rib Ike at this party. But if he decides to tell his coaches, there's going to be hell to pay later. So I guess at the next practice, he tells the guy across from him during the scrimmage, hey, I'm going to go down and have an injury, like make this look legit. And sure enough, he ends up going down. And when they ended up, he, I guess he ended up missing several games at Arizona. But I mean, look, it's happened decades ago, ends up being a draft pick, leaving the second round. And now he's going to be headed to Canton in five years now that he's decided to hang it up. But Rob Gronkowski in the slip and slide at the University of Arizona. I want to verify if that's actually true, but I have it on good word that this is something that actually happened to him when he was no. in college at the University of Arizona. I mean, you can just look at Rob now. You know, he, he's a big kid. The dude enjoys life. He has fun. He he gets Tom Brady out his element. You know, the first time, <laughs> the first time we really seen Tom smile and joke was, you know, when Tom came to Temple and they had their own show between Rob and Tom and they feet in the pool and they doing interviews against each other. Like, that's how Rob just puts you in the element to where you just feel free and you're not worrying about what the world says about you. That's just Rob. You can just tell by looking at from that from afar. Now, when it comes down to partying and kicking it, you want to be around him. He's the life of the party. So I think that story is true as hell. Now, when it comes down to football, ain't no fun about it. <laughs> you want him to be on your team, not going against him. So shout out to Rob Gronkowski, Hall of Fame career. We'll see him in Canton in five. 100% Ike. Final thought, Ike. O'Neal Cruz, six foot seven shortstop for the Pittsburgh Pirates. If our beloved Steelers still need a quarterback next season, if Trubisky and Pickett flame out, let's go to the ball diamond. Let's nab O'Neal Cruz. This dude has a cannon, Ike, an absolute cannon for an arm. If the Steelers still need a quarterback, just go across the ball diamond. We got him already in the 412 in Pittsburgh. I'm going to say this how kids talk in Florida. And when I say jit, they mean kid. When I say bruh, they mean good. That jit good, bro. <laughs> that jit is good, bro. When you see a 6-7 shortstop double clutch a play and still make it on a beeline, and that's one of the fastest throws from where he was at to first base. And he do that, and he's looking like the fantastic four, long and lanky. And he got that ball <laughs> there ASAP. When I saw that highlight, I was like, oh, my gosh. One, I've never seen a 6'7 shortstop. That's one. Right? <laughs> right? Usually your butt is on first base, doing a split, catching everything. <laughs> That's what you used to do. So for you to be a shortstop, six, seven, <laughs> says a lot about your athleticism. One. Two, when he threw that ball from the shortstop position, his arm damn near reached the pitcher. That's how long his arms is. <laughs> Two. <laughs> and that ball got there ASAP. Tell me if I'm lying, Mark. We got to end the show. We got to end the show because like, we have gone off the rails. Well, I mean, no, you're not lying. You're not lying. Ike. You're not lying. Check out that clip. An absolute laser. And this guy does it all. But yeah, I've never seen a six, seven shortstop. And I've been watching baseball like for almost 30 no. years of my life at this point. No. So Ike Taylor, you are the absolute best. I want to thank you. 
the Believe <laughs> Network, our producers over at Brinks TV, led by John Brinkus, Courtney Vargas, Herbert Diaz, Lucy Odin, and producer Yincy. Today's sponsor of the Believe in Steelers show, betonline.ag. And I want to thank the listeners and the viewers for tuning in, joining us, and taking us, taking you on a journey on today's episode of the Believe in Steelers show. Hey, listen, I want to thank you, Mark, and the Believe Network crew, Brinks TV crew with just, you know, having some patience and rearranging y'all schedule for this nighttime at 8.30. I really appreciate the whole crew. We had an awesome show today, Ike. Give us that five-star review as well, Ike. Five stars and five stars only. For Ike Taylor, I'm Mark Bergen. Thank you for listening and watching the Believe in Steelers show. We will see you next week. And until then, take care. It's so long, everybody. Peace. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.